Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I'm always looking to help the Next Level Soul audience take their soul to the next level. And I've been able to partner with Mind Valley to present you guys with a ton of free master classes between 60 and 90 minutes covering mind, body, soul, relationships, and conscious entrepreneurship. Some of these master classes are taught by spiritual masters, relationship experts, best selling authors, legends in the personal growth and spirituality space, and so much more. So if you want to sign up for any of our free mind, body, and soul masterclasses, just head over to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of the show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Now, today on the show, we have Donna Bond, who is a soul-centered catalyst for personal transformation. An igniter of light, she serves as an author, a speaker, a spiritual life and business coach, and personal transformation consultant. Supporting individuals' transformation of consciousness, she helps clients across the globe evolve into new heights of meaningful success, personal fulfillment, and spiritual aliveness. Let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show, Donna Bond. How are you doing, Donna? Hi, Alex. Thanks for having me here. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm, I'm really glad you come on the show. I think uh, it's going to be a really interesting conversation. We're going to talk about uh, a lot of stuff in your book, Original Wisdom, and uh, and your journey to this uh, this magical place you are right now. I know we've just been talking that you are in uh, in Costa Rica because somebody has to live there. Somebody has to live here. It depends. Someone's <laughs> got to live in paradise. So uh, it's it's uh, it's it's always fascinating. I'm I'm hoping to get down there soon. But my very first question is, how did you get started doing this kind of work? Yeah, well, it's a long and winding road, Alex. It's a long <laughs> winding road. Um, I was a corporate marketing executive in hospitality for about 28 years. And, um, at the age of 44, I was really miserable. Um, and 44 was a really significant age for me because that's how old my father was when he died. And so when I turned 44, suddenly I was in a really big rush to figure out who am I, what the hell am I doing here? What is my life about? And, you know, I had a big job. I like to say I was a middle-class ladder climber, you know, I worked my way up. I had my head down and my high heel shoes on the ladder and I just kept climbing and, you know, had this great multiple six-figure job um, working for a world-class hotel company, um, had a lot of prestige, had a lot of you know, success and notoriety from the outside. It all looked perfect. 
And inside, I was deeply unhappy. I was deeply, deeply unfulfilled, even though at the time I couldn't have told you that's what it was. Um, but, you know, with all the work I've done and the path that I'm on now, I'm I'm able to really point to that and know that it was like, it was a deep lack of unfulfillment. You know, I just, I wanted my life to have more meaning and purpose and make a difference in the world. And I did not have the belief system or the framework that could even begin to open up a door to a life like that. So I um, went to go see a psychic, which I had done many times before in my life, in my in my history, it was sort of part of me that I kept in the closet, locked up. And um, this woman said, Donna, they're spelling it out for me. Spiritual psychology. And I said, what in the hell is spiritual psychology? And she went on to say, there's three universities that teach a program in spiritual psychology. And she gave me the names of two of them. And she never gave me the name of the third one because we got talking about something else and got distracted. And I went home and consulted the other Oracle. I Googled it and very quickly found my way to the University of Santa Monica. And after an incredible amount of patience on behalf of an admissions counselor there who talked to me for months about enrolling in this program, um, I had to work through my ego's 101,000 reasons why that didn't make logical sense in my life. Um, what in the hell was I going to do with a master's degree in spiritual psychology when I was in hospitality? Um, none of it really made any sense, but there was this pull, right? There was this yes that I was drawn to. And even though it was scary as hell and it was a big investment, you know, from a time perspective and a money perspective, um, this woman said to me, Donna, why don't you come for one weekend and see what happens? And that changed my life. Wow. And you know, it's so interesting. I can't tell you how many people I've had on the show who on the outside had everything, had the mm. job, had the money, had the career, and they were miserable, absolutely miserable. Uh, and I had similar issues with my career as well. I guess it's also at the time, the it always happens around midlife mm. in, in a weird way, isn't it? It's the one thing I've noticed. Like, a bell. <laughs> like it's a weird thing. Like when you got late 30s, early forties, you start because you've been hustling so hard, so long that you don't have a moment of breathing. Cause you're like, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go. And I gotta do everything that I've been taught all my life that I have to keep doing. I, I don't know what in that time period that, you know, you just stop and go, Hmm. You know, and some people happens in the fifties, but generally speaking, once you get in the late thirties, in the forties, you, you, you reflect for a minute cause you've been pushing for 20 years, 25 years. You've just been constantly pushing and pushing. It's really, it's fascinating to me. Uh, and the soul's code 
You know what I mean? It's the soul's code. (laughs) So, okay. So you talked about spiritual psychology. What is spiritual psychology? Yeah. Well, it is this beautiful modality. Um, I, you know, I like to think of it as a conversation modality. It was uh, innovated and pioneered by doctors Ron and Mary Holnick at the University of Santa Monica. And they have been facilitating programs in spiritual psychology for nearly 40 years. And it really is the study and the practice of conscious awakening. But it's being able to see our lives through the spiritual context or through the lens of our soul. And it teaches us that every single thing that's happening in our life, and I like to say the good, the bad, the ugly, and I'm from Connecticut originally, so I say the super wicked ugly, that everything that's happening is happening for us, for our growth, our learning, our evolution, uh, giving us the stepping stones that we need to evolve into our next level of potential into fulfilling uh, or realizing our intelligence. Interesting. So when you say spiritual, a lot of people have uh, different definitions of spiritual. You're meaning it basically looking at it through your soul's eye, like kind of. Yes. And my definition is the relationship that we have with the energetic part of us, right? We have this life force breathing us. We have this spark of all that is spark of the divine animating this physical shell that we wear this disguise that we show up in we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor and now back to the show and that energy is alive right? It has information. It's got resonance and frequency and it is living, breathing, moving, dynamic. Um, and it is moving through us. And so it's, it's having a relationship with that higher part of ourselves. Were you a spiritual person prior to this? Yes. You always were so so spirituality always. was something that was always running in your life. So yeah. when you when you kind of came across this idea, did things just start to fall into place a little bit more? Because this the sentence of things that happen, they don't happen to you, they happen for you. That switch in in perspective changes a life easily. Changes everything. Yeah, it changes everything. How did it affect how did it affect you when you what like was it the lightning bolt that hit you when you were in a classroom, I'm assuming, or reading the book or something like that, that that concept came into your mind, into your consciousness and you're like, oh, and then and because there's always those moments of awakening. I guess that would be in a moment of awakening that starts the process in a very big way. How how was that in your own life? Um, in 1989, I was on a plane and I was reading The Seat of the Soul by Gary Zukov. Mm-hmm. And I was coming out of my skin when I read that book. And this was, you know, in 1989, I was like, I was pretty young. 
<laughs> I was 20, you know, I was young and not very well read at that point in my life and just really starting to sample and dabble in some of these ideas of spirituality and metaphysics and right. um anyways I'm reading this book and I wanted to shake the guy next to me because I was so excited that somebody put in writing what I have always known inside of me and that was a real powerful awakening at that time. I've, you know, have gone on to have a lot of really cool and transcendent experiences, but that is um, definitely a marker in time of having that, you know, no tangible evidence, if you will, uh, nothing that we can really point to or prove um, but my first real knowing, that first real knowingness that as I was taking this information into my consciousness, I could feel it moving through every fiber of my being as truth. And yet at that young age, when you heard that and had that kind of moment of awakening, you still had a programming inside of you that kept you on this, this rat race for the next 23 years, 24 That's years. Right. Isn't that amazing that our programming, our, 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 our operating system, our subconscious mind, which is where most of this comes from anyway, yes. is so powerful that even at that young age, when you had an awakening, a spiritual awakening, it did not override that programming that we had do you yeah. I mean, isn't that amazing it, it it is amazing and it i mean it wasn't even um it wasn't even a possibility in my framework at that time right you, you, your mind your your frame i like the word framework the framework of your life what you thought was possible did not it didn't even occur to you to walk down the could you imagine like in that when you're in 1989 going uh you should go to santa monica and study spiritual psychology. Could that wasn't yeah, even I wish that I had. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that I had, damn it. Right. You know that I'd have I'd have a PhD in metaphysics by now, but <laughs> yeah. It wasn't yeah. it was it wasn't a path. And I think that's a great lesson for people listening is that that subconscious mind is so so powerful that if you don't bring awareness to what's going on it can control you for decades and sometimes for the rest of your life, unless you're able to bring a consciousness or you got so uncomfortable that you had, that's what brought, brought it to the consciousness. You were doing it for so many years and you're just like, but I'm miserable. So the programming was working, the, the, the software was running, but the yeah. program was, was like, I, it's I'm crashing left and right. There's bugs in this programming. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and at the same time, as you know, Alex, it's all divinely timed. It is all perfectly timed. And, you know, the work that I'm doing in the world today and uh, the women that I work with, I wouldn't be able to be of service to them in the same way that I am had I not 
had 28 years, right? As a mm -hmm. corporate marketing executive. So it's all perfect. It's all perfect. I needed to be asleep for as long as I was asleep. <laughs> and I woke up at the perfect time. Now, when you started the down the path of this new, this new awakened path, I assumed that the people around you, um, not everyone was accepting of this new path. Uh, what was it like for you psychologically? And correct me if I'm wrong, maybe everybody was like, go for it, girl. But I'm assuming because I'm I'm a human being and have been in the <laughs> in, around other human beings that that's not the, probably the case. If that is the case, how did you deal psychologically with either family, friends, colleagues going, you're, you're effing nuts. What are you yeah. doing? You're throwing your life away. Yeah. Um, so I had another um, profound revelation and you can read about this uh, in Original Wisdom, Harness the Power of the, of the Authentic You. I was at the University of Santa Monica and it was, um, I was at the, the first year of the program and I had a massive knowingness to leave my job and um, I'm married to an amazing guy, Paul Bond. He's a fine artist. He's an oil painter. And when we got together, we met on match.com. That's a whole nother story. Conversation, right. <laughs> um, but when we got married, we made the conscious choice together that he was going to pursue a career as a fine artist. And I would still like schlog off to corporate America. And, you know, there was definitely that moment in time where he's up surfing at 11 o'clock in the morning and, you know, I'm putting those high heels on the rungs of the ladder again and again, you know, doing my thing where I could have had resentment. And um, I remember sort of having a, a moment of guidance at that point in my life and knowing that this was my job, right? Like to create this space for this man to birth what he came here to do on this planet. So fast forward, right? You know, here we are years later and I have this really profound awareness that I have to leave this job and I don't have a plan. I don't have a clue, Alex. I just know, like, I got to get out of here. And there was no uh, passing go or collecting $200. I, I was walking away from huge bonus money, you know, huge bonus money. But it didn't matter because I had this inner sense of surety and knowingness. And my husband, God bless him, you know, I was like, I was there for you while you were birthing your thing. And now you get to return the favor. And so even though, I don't know, it wasn't, it, it, it definitely brought up a lot of fear from a financial perspective, just based on the, you know, the way that we lived in Southern California, the lifestyle that we had and what I was walking away from with really no plan to replace it. Um, I hung out a shingle 
originally as a marketing consultant because I had been in the business for 28 years. I had a lot of contacts. It was a great way for me to really. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Focus on my studies at the University of Santa Monica and really devote myself to my spiritual practice and to everything that was unfolding and still be able to make a buck when, you know, coaching and being a spiritual guide was not even in the view at that time. It just wasn't. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yes, I did get a lot of pushback. Um, mostly from people that I worked with. Sure. You know, my family has watched me make a lot of crazy moves over the years, not the least of which is like marrying some guy off of match.com. I'd only known him for a month and he proposed to me and I said, yes. Wow. And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. That's, oh yeah. I'm sure the parents love that. The parents (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Well, my father, God bless him. Right. He, he didn't live to see it, but my mother was definitely freaking out. Um, my boss at the time was like running a background check on my husband and my family was like, when I, you know, quit my job and enrolled at USM and I, I enrolled, I enrolled at USM before I quit my job. I was like a year into this sure. master's program before I, I walked away from my career. Um, my family was like, yeah, that's just Donna being Donna doing crazy things like, you know, moving to Costa Rica. But I, I honestly look at this as like sharpening the saw. Sure. Like Stephen Covey's seven, seven habits. Mm -hmm. This is how I sharpen the saw and stay courageous so that I can really walk the talk of what I'm inviting my clients into. Right. It seems to me that you, you, you basically jumped into faith. Yes. You, you jumped into like, I'm, I'm walking down this road, God. So whatever happens, I'm in your hands kind of vibe. It seems like you've done that a couple of times in your life, at least. I've done it a couple of times. <laughs> I've done it a couple of times. So, okay. So I, I imagine that when you were going through all of this process, there were that negative voice inside of you that we all deal with, that kind of critique, the the critic that we deal with. What advice do you have for people to quiet that negative self-talk, the uh, the the abuse that we do to ourselves? I mean, I, I heard someone once say that if we had a friend who spoke to us the way we speak to ourselves, we would never, ever be with that person because we're brutal with ourselves. Um, how did you deal with it and what advice would you be able to give others to quiet that negative talk? Someone who's maybe trying to do something similar to you as far as just breaking free of what they are currently doing to do what is, is their bliss, is their mission, is their path? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you have to love her or him, you know, um, the way that we relate to ourselves, most of us have been taught to endure that abuse. And we, you know, crack the whip on ourselves. And we've been taught to believe that that's the only way to motivate or to 
keep ourselves going. But what if we treated that voice with a little bit of compassion and a little bit of understanding and a little bit of attention? Um, And what I mean by that is, you know, I hear you and I hear your fears and I hear that you're just trying to keep me safe and that you're trying to protect me. And if I'm honest, I know that those negative things that you're saying to me are not really true. So I have to sort of call your bluff, but I'm doing it in a way that's that's compassionate and understanding. And, you know, these parts of us are born out of alienation because we've alienated parts of ourselves. And so on the path to wholeness, we've got to get our arms around all of those parts and bring them close and align ourselves with all of it because that's what makes us human. Gotcha. It is not an easy thing to do. Um, the self-talk and the, well, let me ask you then, how do you, how do you love yourself? How do you forgive yourself? Because we beat ourselves up so much for things that we might've done in the past, mistakes we would have made. How, how do you do self-love with yourself and forgive yourself for these things? Yeah. Well, um, the university of Santa Monica has a really incredible process, um, that's called compassionate self-forgiveness that I'm not really at liberty to disclose to the whole audience here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a really beautiful process of recognizing the judgments that we have, right? And it's really our ego mind that is running the show, that mm-hmm. has has something to say about everything, right? is running around saying what's right and what's wrong and what's good and what's bad. When we can align ourselves with our soul, our higher self, our original wisdom, that part of ourself, which is comprised really of unconditional loving, that part of ourself is neutral. So that part of ourself sees everything as neutral, where there is no right or wrong. There is no good or bad. Now, the ego can't really get its head around this because it's so out of what we're accustomed to and how we live in the world. But we're all part of this one energy. We're all part of this unconditional loving and the true essence of each of us is comprised of this. So when we can call upon that part of us, it's that part of us really that has the ability to do the forgiveness work that can look beyond the judgments of our ego mind and 
help us align ourselves with like deep radical acceptance and understanding and compassion. Well, a lot of people have a problem with the quote on the quote unquote self-love of yourself because they think it's being selfish mm -hmm. as opposed to being loving to yourself. You're like, oh, you're just being selfish, especially, you know, especially women that do it to themselves a lot because I've raised with women, surrounded by women at this point. I have no testosterone in my life other than my cats. And food. <laughs> That's it. So, uh, <laughs> so I... I, I, I've been around women all my life and I've seen the sacrifices and men do it as well. I've done it as well, but I've seen it very interesting that women sacrifice themselves. Be like, well, I'm not going to love myself because I have to either take care of the family, take care of my husband, take care of my, 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 my kids, uh, take care of my job. And I, and again, men do it as well, but they think it's selfish to take a day off and, Something as simple as go to a movie, go to a spa, um, do something that fills them up. How can you break free from this kind of mindset? Yeah, well, you know, I think it's important also to um, really understand self-love. And when we talk about self-love, like, what is that? Because it's easily confused with self-care. And self-care is very different, right? Um my, yeah. when I think about self-love, self-love is making a commitment to yourself and keeping it. Self-love is having the courage to speak up and say that thing that was uncomfortable, but that really needed to be said. Self-love when we're really talking about self-love, there, there is an element of reverence for how we understand our human journey and how we understand the journey that we make as spiritual beings on this epic human adventure that we're all on. And when we can recognize the journey that we make, there's this deep reverence, right? For our humanness mm -hmm. and for everything that we go through and all the suffering that we all experience. And we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. I think when we move into that place, Self-love becomes a completely different paradigm than like taking off the day and going to the spa. Cause that's not what I, how I view self-love. Self-love is like a deep honoring of ourselves and who we are and, and all of our parts, not just the pretty shiny quote unquote, perfect parts, but like, the messy, entangled, effed up other parts, right? That we all have. It's recognizing that we all, all have them. <laughs> right. Got you. Okay. That makes sense. So I, I think there's like, you got to add in honor and you have to add in reverence. And the word. 
when you, when you add those two elements or those two qualities into it, um, it's not selfish. Got it. It's just, again, it's programming. It's programming that we're told that you can't, can't love yourself or don't spend time thinking about what's good for you. <laughs> Think about the, the, uh, the community or your family or other people outside of you. Um, now, we did kind of mention this a little bit, the midlife crisis, but you've mentioned before, and I think it might have been in your book, midlife versus mid-awakening. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, Did you like an awake, like, is there a difference between a midlife crisis? I don't know if that was me that said that. Okay. Midlife versus mid-awakening. I don't know. It's not ringing a bell for me. It's not ringing a bell. Okay. Then I might have been, <laughs> it might have been a mistake. It might have been a mistake. Um, but I guess we did talk a little bit about midlife crisis and that awakening of having uh, it around that same time period. Well, you know, you and I were were talking about it before. It's like you get to this this middle age, and it's like this ding. You know, it's like this bell that goes off, and it certainly went off for me. And it was just accentuated by the fact that that's how old my father was. You know, oh, that when he been, yeah. died of lung cancer, right? He was 44. I was 22 when that happened. Um, and, um, but to your point, I think there's something inside of us, right? That suddenly says, that suddenly wakes up and says, like, what is my life about? What am I doing here? What really matters to me? You know, what is really truly meaningful? And at that point in your life, many people have amassed a good amount of material success, right? right? And they've got like the big paycheck and they got the nice house and they have the relationship and they got a couple kids and, you know, they're on the conveyor belt and they're going along. And, and I think that that's what promotes part of the problem, right? Is like this hypnotic state that we mm -hmm. fall into and our soul is like, Hello. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> like, is this how you're going to spend the rest of the time here? Because it's going to go by pretty quick. So that that brings me to my next question. Then, so many of us have struggles with finding our true purpose, our true mission, our true path in this life. You know, sometimes we go into marketing, and we become very successful in marketing, but it's not really like you're good at it. You can make a living at it, but it's not really what you're here to do. And so is there a way or any advice you could give the audience on how to discover what that mission is, what that path is, what that bliss yes. that is? Well, first of all, it's not a job. It's yeah. not any job. Mm -hmm. It's not any career, you know, it's not a job. And I, and I also would say it's not something that we do. Um, our purpose, as I see it, is the true expression of who we came here to be. Right. And it's really about how we show up, right? It's like what we bring to it. You know, there's a lot of coaches on the planet. There's a lot of spiritual coaches on the planet, but there's only one spiritual coach who has the essence of Donna Bond, 
right? And that flavor, that imprint, that mm-hmm. energy, that, you know, and let's call it personality. And, you know, then we get into talking about uh, the ego and the personality, but that is my vehicle. Mm-hmm. Like that's the car that I'm moving through the planet with. But there's this innateness inside of me that wants to express through me. And that is my purpose. And, you know, we come here, I believe that we all have a dynamic code inside of us, our IntelliKey, the fullest realized expression of who we came here to be in this life. And if we've come here to be an apple, we're never going to be an orange, no matter how hard we try. So I think part of the path is discovering like, wow, I'm an apple. So I'm going to like be as apple as I can in this life. And I'm going to express my, my fruit and my colors as an apple in the best way that I can, because that's why I've embodied and who I've come here to express as. Does that make sense? It does make sense without a question, but my other, to follow that up though, let's say I I discovered I am an apple, but I've been an orange and been acting like an orange for quite some time. How do I find the courage to become the apple? If we go down with this metaphor. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Thank you for indulging my metaphor. Um, we just need a little bit of willingness, right? I, I think the first step is really to recognize that you're not an orange, right? And the way that you would recognize you're not an orange is that your, your life is out of balance in some way, right? Mentally, emotionally, physically, there's, there's something going on that is not in balance. And that's our first clue, right? That's what happened to me when I was at the Ritz-Carlton, you know, have this sexy job. I'm in this beautiful resort. I'm working alongside amazing people. But I had this deep discontent. And what was also going on in my physical body was I had cancer growing inside of me that I had no idea at the time. I had no idea. But because I had tried to be an orange for so long, (laughs) right, it creates all of these imbalances. And, you know, as we've already talked about, I didn't have the framework, I didn't have the mindset to even begin to put myself on a different path. You know, I, I definitely think Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge the divine intervention that took place in my own life that was assistance in getting me on the path. Now, did I make a lot of courageous moves along the way Mm -hmm. to propel myself through the doors that I walked through? You bet your ass I did. And I think it's helpful when we can just exercise a little willingness, right? If I'm willing to just take one small step, 
I'm willing to do it different than I've ever done it before. I'm willing to try something new. I'm willing to get out of what's familiar, you know, the comfort zone. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. If we can just demonstrate a little willingness When we take one step, then the next step will be revealed. But where we trap ourselves is in our linear thinking, in our logical minds, right? We want to know, well, what are all the steps? How long is it going to take? You know, what's the (laughs) cost-benefit analysis? I want to know the return (laughs) on the investment, right? We want to have all of our ducks in a row. But the universe doesn't really work like that because the universe is moving and changing in every breath. It is dynamic, right? So if we plan out all the steps from here to wherever it is we think we're going, we end up forcing ourselves against life because things are always moving. And every time we take a step, the whole deck rearranges. Like think about chess, right? You make one move in chess and like the whole board changes. And I really think that's how life is is we take one little step and then everything gets rearranged. So if we can be patient enough to trust that the next step is going to reveal itself, it will. It's going to show itself to us. And then it's a little less scary because then we don't have to take 50 steps, right, that we don't know how to take. We're only taking one at a time. Well, I mean, even with your own journey, you you were at at the at the college for a year with your old job. You didn't let go of the life the life raft. That's right. Until you were like, I'm gonna go swim over here, but I'm not letting go of that just in case this whole thing goes to hell. So even with you, you took a year of a transition. So for everyone listening, it doesn't happen overnight. I mean, some sometimes right. sometimes you do burn as they call it, uh, burn the boats at the shore. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you do that. Not advisable. Not it's advisable. Not, not advisable, Jen, depending on, you know, if you're alone, you have a family, you have kids, there's a bunch of different things, but, uh, but you took a year to transition. And even in my own life, it took me a year, it took me two years of, of podcasting while I was still had a full post-production company going. Until I finally was like, oh, I don't, I don't have to do this anymore. I'm, I'm making enough money being a podcaster. I think I can retire now from that. And then, you know, I get called for big jobs. I'm like, no, I'm a podcaster now. (laughs) I so acknowledge you, Alex. I so acknowledge you. And I think that's so significant because you're sending the message to the universe this is where I am. This is who I am. This is what I'm doing. This is how I'm investing my life force now. And when we are that aligned and we put all of our life force into that thing, the universe is going to respond in kind. And we get in trouble because we try to do the hokey pokey. I too, (laughs) I got, I got a call for a big job. Um, So, and it actually took me two years to transition. Um, but yeah, you were a marketing consultant. That's right. Right. I, I was a marketing consultant because it's still, there was no vision 
of doing what I'm doing. Like I, and, and had you told me at the time that this, oh, you're going to sit in these beautiful, intimate, sacred, one-on-one conversations with, I would have said, there is no effing way I'm doing that. Like you would have told me I was going to be a podcaster. You told me I was going to be a podcaster seven <laughs> years ago, almost eight years ago, let alone do a spiritual podcast a year and a half ago when I launched this one. Yeah. This was this is the scariest thing I ever done is doing this show until I finally decided to just say, you know what, I'm I'm all in. And the second I said I was all in, that's when everything happened. The universe says, okay, he's ready now. Yeah. He wasn't ready before, he's ready now. And then the doors just swung open and a lot of things have happened with the show and myself. And and but you need to take the leap. Yeah. Um, and it's a strategic leap. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't like a complete craziness, but it was a strategic leap that you need to take. But I agree with you. I think that when you are aligned with, if you tell the universe what you're planning to do, things, if it's really your path, really makes you happy, things happen. It'll figure things out. You, the, the path unfolds in front of you. Life, and I, I think I can, I, I might, I, I'm going to speak for you for a second. I think as a, as a general span, please forgive me. I think yeah. we believe, especially early on in life, that we control, we have our plans. It's perfect. Like what right. we're thinking in our head <laughs> is then like, no, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. I'll be retired by this age. I'll have this wife. I'll have this. I'll have this career. And you plan it all. And I said, I said it so many times, thank God my plans were not listened to because I would have married the wrong girl. I would have, I would have gone down the wrong path. If, if everything that you plan actually happened, we don't know what's best for us as, as a general statement, but when you start on a mental standpoint, but when you go through the soul, you go through the spiritual, you go, what feels right. That's a different conversation because all these decisions were mental, ego-based, uh, programming-based. Is that fair to say? Totally. And and I love it. And I just want to add in one thing here. All of my plans did happen, but right. they happened because I was forcing myself on life. But I forced myself to a place where I got to and I said, is this it? Right? Like, is this it? Because it wasn't. Because it was empty, it was meaningless, it was lacking on every level. And I got hurt in the process. I got hurt, right? I was physically very sick. You know, I was emotionally distraught, depressed. I, I was so unhappy on so many levels. I had negative self talk that was to beat the band. And I was spiritually bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Without without question. So I'm going to ask you um, a few questions to ask all my guests. Um, what is your definition of living a good life? Um, being in the flow. That's it. Being in the flow. Being in harmony with life as it's unfolding minute by minute. What is your definition of God? Mm. All that is. 
Simple as that. And what is the ultimate purpose of life? I do not know. I do not know the answer to that. And I'm not going to pretend to. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Where can people find out more about you, your work, and where can they get your book, Original Wisdom? DonnaBond.com. And my book is, you know, on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all those bookseller places. And thank you so much for having me, Alex. This was really fun. Yeah, absolutely. And do you have any any parting message for the audience? Um, be courageous. Be courageous. Follow follow your bliss, as, as Joseph Campbell says. Follow your bliss. Yeah. Don, I appreciate you. Thank you so much uh, for the work you're doing. And I appreciate you being on the show, my dear. Thank you so much. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> I want to thank Donna so much for coming on the show and sharing her knowledge with all of us. Thank you so much, Donna. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 162. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.